dose of hope. I'm Tom Steigelman in the studio with Jennifer Waller. And Jennifer, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and that's really going to be the topic of today's program. Yes, it is. Um, one of the visions with starting this talk show is um, to talk about some hard things, some things that maybe you don't hear talked about a lot, even in the, the church communities or different um, groups you hang out with. And mental health awareness is um, dear to my heart because I have personally struggled with it over the years and then I have loved ones that are currently struggled struggling with it and then I work with beautiful men and women that are struggling with it and so it's such a, a huge thing and it's not talked about a lot mm -hmm. and so we're gonna really focus on this show today um, talking about it I've got some helpline numbers if you are struggling even today with um, panic attacks or, or depression or substance abuse, any of that that affects the mental health, we have resources and help for you. Um, but I do want to tell you that your mind matters. What you're feeling and what you're going through is real. I, I personally struggled with severe panic attacks for about six years in, in my addiction recovery. So I was in addiction for nine and a half years in my early recovery. For years, I'd go to the ER because I thought I was dying and they'd hook me up to EKGs and then they'd give me a Benadryl and send me home and I would live. And then over the years and many thousands of doctor bills later, um, it's panic attacks that I struggled with. And one day, it wasn't anything in particular. I had been to many altars, many prayer lines, still struggled for years and years. One day, about four and a half years ago, I've not had one since. And so um, walking in freedom through that, but for six years, it was real. Like I couldn't breathe and I thought I was dying. And um, the best thing you can do if you have a loved one walking through that is number one, listen to them, believe them, lay hands on them and pray for them. That was one thing my mom, I would always call my mom and dad and they would either come over and pray for me. And even though it wouldn't end the panic attacks, um, it gave me a piece to help me get through them. And so I just want to encourage anyone out there listening today that if you are struggling with that type of stuff, anxiety, um, whatever it is to reach out, I'm going to give you our number in Soldatna through Freedom House is 907-260-3733. We'll have coffee with you. We'll pray with you. We'll be on the phone with you if you want to walk through those things because you are not meant to do it alone. I couldn't walk through that alone. And um, we just want you to know that you're not the only one out there struggling. So in the room, in the studio with me today, you have heard her whole testimony if you were with us last week, um, but we're so excited. We get two weeks with one of my best friends, Karen Nelson, um, and I'm gonna throw it over to her. She's gonna talk a little bit about um, what what she's doing now in her, she's coming up on 11 years in recovery, but what God has her doing across the whole state. And let me just start with this one story. We were driving back from Seward, me and you had done prison ministry out there and uh, she gets a phone call and we had to pull over so we don't lose service, but it was like a Congressman from the White House, I can't remember who. Senator Sullivan. Senator Sullivan <laughs> calls her personal cell phone and she's like, oh, hold on, he's stepping out of the White House and they set up this this meeting and I'm just like, who is this lady? And she just has, God has shown favor upon her and, and, and has anointed her to carry the mantle of um, stronghold breaking. Mm -hmm. She has the, the gift to 
set the captive free through the power of Jesus in yes. her. And so Thank she's you, just going to speak into that and tell us what she's doing up in the valley in Fairbanks area. And I'm so excited to hear and let you guys hear too. Yeah, thank you, Jennifer. That's so funny. I was a little afraid. I didn't know what story you were going to tell. <laughs> We've had many, yes. many, many, many beautiful adventures together that you just couldn't make up. And God is so good. Um, yeah, so I ended last week um, in my recovery story where when I was released from prison, I'm going to share this very quickly because it ties into everything I'm doing today. Um, I knew that I had a calling on my life to make change, to be a part of the solution. I knew that there were so many things that were not right in our systems of care, in our, in our justice system, but I also knew that there had to be common ground somewhere and I didn't know how to navigate that, but God, okay. You're talking about someone 20 years in active addiction, 20 years in and out of prison, living a subhuman lifestyle for a very long time, certain death. And so, um, a year and a half clean and sober, I was really just finding my relationship with the Lord and starting to meet with a group of community members to have a home for women coming out of prison. Um, Ellen Campbell, who was the visionary of what became Haven House, was a prison ministry volunteer who I met while I was incarcerated. This woman just exuded Jesus all over her. And when you're incarcerated in the smaller institutions we have across the state, which I'm talking about Lemon Creek right now, but even in Ketchikan, Sitka and other places, it is um, very confining. You don't get out of, you are uh, in a, a dorm-like cell room and um, you don't get out a lot. And so when you have people like that come in, it just shifts the atmosphere. Um, so Ellen had a vision to open this home for women, and I had no idea that I would be the one to bring that vision to fruition. Year and a half um, out of prison, a year and a half in recovery, and I had a situation where I was facing three and a half years in prison while I'm in the community doing things that I thought, you know, was my calling to do, and they were. But I still had one foot in, one foot out. I didn't realize that, but I had a, a mentality that I had been wronged. And I'm not minimizing the wrong in our system. I'm just saying that until I could overcome that, until I could be completely healed of that, I could not move forward in what God had for my life all along. And so I was faced with three and a half years in prison, um, some felony um, uh, violations, um, long story short, I just laid it out to the Lord. I remember um, just falling on my floor and crying out and just surrendering every single thing. In that moment, God showed up. Jesus was sitting in my room, just like Jennifer is sitting right next to me right now. And um, my life was it seemingly over. But what the Lord showed me in that moment was one, even though I made the decisions to get to where I was in that moment, I cried out to him with my humble heart and where I was in that moment. And he completely turned things around in a way that I could not even put into words today. So I have a physically Jesus is in my room and he just 
was also on the cross in my room, you guys. <laughs> you got to picture this because it's crazy. And he just was on the cross and he just said, Kara, it is finished. And in that moment, I knew that even with a needle in my arm, that he loved me just the same, that he couldn't love me anymore and he couldn't love me any less. And in that moment, Ooh, I saw his yes. love for me. I knew the totality of the, cry, of the cross. I knew that his eyes for others and it, it changed me. I mean, you can't ever be the same after something like that happens, right? The totality, the truth, his truth. Jesus Christ is sitting next to me. It is finished and everything is finished. He, he takes it all. He has it all. In that moment, he showed me systems of care that we had in the state of Alaska, behavioral health systems, uh, mental health systems, uh, SUD systems, you know, recovery systems, things that we did not have at that time. I'm talking 2014, uh, 13, excuse me, 2012. Sorry. <laughs> I'm old. So, um, he showed me these systems, which made no sense to me at that time. Cause I had no education, no experience. I had, you know, I was totally unqualified but he gave me a gift of faith. And in that gift, I was able to walk through things that um, were so impossible given my lack of experience. And the Holy Spirit tangibly walked me through and I would meet different people and I wouldn't even know, like I would literally find myself in the Capitol building in an office and I did not know how I got there. I didn't know the people in there. I didn't know their titles. I didn't know anything except for I knew that I was to bring kingdom language into very difficult things that we were discussing at the time, like criminal justice, um, like different funding for treatment centers and things like that, that I had no business in those conversations. Um, so we were I was able to get through that time and not do more more prison time. That's a story for another day. But um, it really just shows you the foundation in my recovery, this complete transformation of not just saying, I believe in Jesus, I believe in the Bible, but walking it out, walking it out with boldness and integrity and complete confidence that I was walking in what I was born to do. And along the way, I got to meet amazing people like Jennifer and so many others. Um, we were able to open the home Haven house, um, after two years of litigation. And again, that was just a whole God journey. Um, our neighbors became our greatest friends and, and helpers. And so, um, from that, we were able to start expanding into speaking into different, uh, behavioral health systems and be able to show about recovery housing and how important that was. And, be able to understand our gaps in our systems of care. Like we need to have same day access. We need to have people with lived experience be valued members of um, a person's uh, journey, uh, whether that's, you know, clinical or non-clinical or within the housing unit or in mental health, or if you're incarcerated. And so we got to myself and others got to really step into these places that didn't even have a language at the time. Today, you hear all the time about recovery and reentry and people who are incarcerated sharing their stories and everyone else. Back then, that was not a thing. And so it's just an honor to know that we all got to do that together and to see where we are now. Yeah. Um, to see the, the 
incredible expanding you know freedom house and the lives not just lives change but families change and reunified which changes communities which changes our state uh, one of those people i met along the way was carl soderstrom and he is the executive director of true north recovery where i work now and um, he had a vision to change behavioral health as we know it he's also uh amazing man in, in recovery. And uh, so True North Recovery is in Wasilla, Alaska. And we have a residential um, treatment facility called Vida Nova. Uh, we do outpatient, inpatient, uh, intensive outpatient. We have four recovery homes. Uh, we do crisis st stabilization. Um, we just got a brand new building right now um, called the Day One Center, which is so exciting because it is just what it sounds like, day one. Day one, someone needs help, they come in, they have a mental health crisis, they need detox, whatever it is that they need in that moment, they're going to get services in that moment in that room. Wow. So, so good. Yes. Behavioral health assessments, housing, um, and all of that is all brought together with peer support because we have people with lived experience who are able to... Um, you know, live their life by helping others. And I have a great passion to elevate the value of peer support as a paid, you know, position and um, understanding that people who have walked through something, uh, you can't teach that. It doesn't mean it's better or less than, but what it means is you can partner and, you know, have someone's behavioral health journey um, much more effective and sustainable. Um, so we also are currently expanding our services to Fairbanks, Alaska, and in Fairbanks, uh, we are setting up residential treatment, outpatient recovery residences. We are currently, um, on, we have a mobile crisis team there now. Uh, well, it's actually been in, uh, it's been going since probably October, um, thanks to the Alaska Mental Health Trust and Division of Behavioral Health in the state of Alaska. Um, we have a peer go out with a mental health clinician on the spot, any crisis dispatched through 911 currently and in the future will be through Caroline or 988. Um, it's very exciting. I've been able to go along on some of those rides. I'm watching people have their crisis be de-escalated instead of having to call the police and go to jail or instead of having to go to the ER. Um, I'm watching people have hope that their situation is a crisis, right? It doesn't matter, you know, what it is. We're going to help them. We're going to come alongside of them. And we're hoping to also bring around a lot of the services we have in the Valley, like peer support, case management, um, and all of those things. We also have a reentry case manager, the amazing Marsha in Fairbanks. And um, that's something that again, way back when that we, you know, really worked to have our state really um, intentionally pour funds and resources for our brothers and sisters who are coming home after incarceration. This is all of our community. It's not us versus them. And so it's important to understand that 90% of people who are incarcerated come home and they are Alaskans. We are all Alaskans and are worthy to have, um, you know, those resources to really um, continue moving on their recovery journey 
And even folks that don't identify as being in recovery when they're coming home after incarceration have so many barriers. There's 70 million people in the United States that have a criminal background and we have got to change that. Yes, absolutely. One of the coolest things that I've learned from you is over the years, um, how you look at a person as a whole and you love them right where they're at. Yes. And that is so important and um, modeled very well through your life and has overflown onto me that Aww. one of our biggest sayings at Freedom House is we love them in the door and we love them out the door. Yes. Yes. Whatever that yes. looks like, like even if it's a dismissal or yes. whatever it is when they're going out, like we love them in, we love them out. Right. And I've learned that and I watch you live that. And um, we we just love True North Recovery. You guys are one of our sister <laughs> yes. kind of ministries. And so we're so excited to continue to partner with you guys. But hearing what you're doing across the state and Fairbanks is so exciting. And I also heard, um, tell us a little bit about this board that you're on too, that you just... Oh, yes. Well, back in the day, I used to be on so many boards, I couldn't even tell you, but I'm much more intentional these days and wherever the Lord is placing me. Um, so I was actually appointed a governor appointee on the Alaska Advisory Board for Alcoholism and Drug Abuse. Um, and it's really amazing to be able to come together and also the Alaska Mental Health Board. So they're two different boards, but we do everything together, okay. which is really cool is because cool. of course, mental health and substance use disorders are just hand in hand. Yeah. And uh, many of us experience both, um, not everyone, but a lot. And so we are able to gather and really be able to make, you know, um, we give advice on different policy and different things going on in the state. In fact, we're going to Sitka next week to meet and um, have one of our, our board meetings there. Awesome, yeah. that's so cool. Um, where are we at on time? Sorry. Um, yeah, about eight minutes. Okay. Dang. So I'm going to talk a little bit about mental health Perfect. Sure. facts and stuff and cue in whenever you. Yeah. Awesome, Kara. That's so exciting. Kind of going back to your neck of the woods over there in Southeast Alaska. Um, as we started the show off, May being the Mental Health Awareness Month, I just want to go over some um, facts, some statistics, but also some tips that I um, did some research on and, and these are tips that I use in my own life as well because as we work in the mental health behavioral health field um, it's very exhausting um, everyone has a whole big pile of needs and so when you're when Freedom House we have 18 residents between both houses that's a lot of needs and trauma and baggage and so it's very important um, for pastors or ministry leaders or anyone that works with people as as a whole um to have these these tips and to take care of yourself first because if my cup's empty i can't pour out of this and so um just some tips that you can do to overcome or to not get burnt out and i remember first walking into this um field our ministry or calling six years ago and i would hear compassion fatigue was a word that i was like what even is that <laughs> and then burnout and i'm like never you know like <laughs> I'm superwoman and um, and then over the years, thankfully I had God placed people in my path mm -hmm. to speak into my life to um, teach me self-care and hobbies and um, 
to get to know myself. So anyways, here are some tips if you're out there listening to help prevent or to help not become burnt out. Allow yourself to relax and do what you enjoy. So for me, that's a hot bath. I love hot baths and I used to never have time to take them. I make time and I take a bath and I read a book. Um, a book that I like to read, it doesn't have to be um, you know, something assigned or for a Bible study, but just to take that little bit of time to do stuff that I personally enjoy. Um, another thing that you can do is set and hold boundaries. Boundaries, boundary, boundaries are huge, <laughs> yes. um, but no is a complete sentence. Mm -hmm. And any of us working usually in this field, we're givers, we're people pleasers, we're we're just on fire and so we want to help everyone but the needs are so great and god's army army is so big that if we focus on what god has in front of us we can say no to other things and god's got an army that can step up to the that's plate right. as well that's right boundaries are just so important but so hard too mm -hmm. still um but i love that no is a complete sentence when you can't do something no i can't i'm so sorry and then also practice managing and regulating your emotions. So for me, um, if something's going off, I was just talking about this at staff meeting the other day at Freedom House. If I, re I responded to a staff um, in a way that is not normal, it wasn't me, I had to step into my office and figure out, whoa, you know, Jen's, I'm either hangry. Yeah, I'm usually the one. Didn't have my coffee, but I knew my emotions were out of whack, so mm -hmm. I just stepped out of the office and I, I went to the river, Kenai River, walked the riverbank, got okay with God. I said, okay, God, what are what's going on inside of me? But even being able to do that, I wasn't able to do that six years ago and just growing along this journey, figure out what's going on inside of you and then learn to manage those. Moving your body, number four, exercise, get out and walk, get some fresh air. Even if you're eight, eight hour workday, um, get moving, get moving around and get some fresh air. And then also establish a routine. And what I love, what I got taught years ago is to write down goals. If good. I have goals mm -hmm. in my mind and actually it's statistically proven that if you write them down on like a whiteboard or what I call my brain book, that I am 42% more likely going to achieve those goals. And so that's just a, a tip for you out there. Write down that's your so goals, good. put them so in where you can yeah. see them, put them in your car or on your bathroom mirror, but write them down. And then last but not least, beauty sleep. Hello. <laughs> we gotta get <laughs> enough sleep. That's even for mm -hmm. us in the ministry fields or wherever um, you are working and serving is, um, and prepare healthy foods, you know, just, just to eat healthy and sleep. Like those are common, but yet they're so important to continue our self-care and mental health um, tips as well. And so just gonna end the show with some statistics and then the 1-800 mental health, health helpline as well. But as, as y'all know, we're coming out of two years of absolute um, craziness. Mm -hmm. And just in um, April of 2021, the National Institute of Mental Health rated and put out a, um, observation that anxiety, depression, and substance abuse and suicidal thoughts had doubled since before the pandemic. Right. Yep. So we're talking 50% jump mm -hmm. across the board of addiction, mm -hmm. suicidal thoughts, mm -hmm. which we know where that goes. And so we just want 
you guys to take care of yourself. Know that your mind matters. Know that you're not alone. There are groups, like literally groups across the state of Alaska, Fairbanks, the Valley, and Soldotna. Just here in this room, right. we represent resources from across the state that we can help you. Please don't stay silent. If you are having any negative thoughts, here is the mental health crisis line as well. You can call um, this 1-800 number. It's 1-800-273-TALK. So 1-800-273-TALK. And you can call that number anonymously and just, just tell them, hey, I'm struggling or I'm in a dark place. And just know that you're not alone. And we know through our own lives and testimonies that the power of prayer um, is amazing. And so if you want prayer, you can call our office at 907-260-3733 and we would love to pray with you. Kara, as we wrap in, uh, wrap up today's program, we yeah. have about two minutes left. Mm -hmm. Do you have any final thoughts for the listeners today? Yeah, as you were speaking, Jen, I was just thinking also just statistically, we had over 100,000 overdose deaths in the United States and here in Alaska, we've seen a rise on that too. And it's so important to talk about this because you can reach out. There are people here. I was in Fairbanks and got to go to the call center for the Caroline, Alaska, um, Susanna up there. And I cannot even tell, they get thousands of phone calls. Wow. These people love to speak into, to listen, whatever you need. Even wow. if you think it's not a big deal, you can call people are there on, on these um, crisis lines, um, don't hesitate, call out. We love you. You're worthy. Yes. And we you can't matter. wait to hear from you. Yeah. You matter. Every mm -hmm. life matters. That's right. Well, we want to thank you for listening in to today's edition of A Dose of Hope. Now, we gave out a whole lot of phone numbers during the program. If you missed those, uh, here's just the one number we want you to call. Call Freedom House today at 907-260-3733. 907-260-3733. You can also find more information on the Freedom House website by going to freedomhouse907.com freedomhouse907.com. And Jennifer, uh, thanks once again for hosting today's program. And thank you out there for listening to A Dose of Hope.